Welcome to Blacktop Pulpit by the Church of Sunsites. I am Andrew. I am the pastor of the Church of Sunsites. Alexa's talking to me from the other room. That's awkward. <laughs> okay, now see, that kind of and stuff I'm, weirds me out, and man. And I'm, I'm here with PA, who preached on Sunday, and, uh, and one of our church members, Ken Duffy. And uh, we're going to start this week talking about things that we heard in the sermon, <laughs> uh, <laughs> theological things we heard oh. in the sermon, and really just bringing it down to the blacktop, uh, really making application and getting into the application. So I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, PA, run, run us through the process, man. Uh, of? How, how, how did God lay the message from Sunday on your heart from Psalm 139? It, it came from the military mindset. I, it, it really basically did because I spent so much time. I've spent so many years work reading Psalm 139. And like I said, on Sunday, it keeps changing to me. It keeps coming alive. But it came from the military mindset. It, 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 after uh, being in the service and, and reading Psalm 139 and reading verses 14 and 15 and, and the rest of where he's so angry, it helped me channel my frustration and anger. <laughs> it really did, because everybody knows I'm just a little pissed, a mad dude. You know what I mean? Got to be careful with that during a sermon. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I, everybody knows I just, I, I, the, the state of the country and everything, this is, just uh, seems like it's, and once again, my point is like, the, the scriptures come alive. It just, it's like right now, it, it's, you know, Murder the wicked. There's so much of this wickedness going on. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this late-term abortion, this, uh, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Wickedness. It's not just wrong. It's just wicked. Yeah. And I just, I have been reading Psalm 139 for so many times, for so long, and I've really just been enamored with it. And it keeps changing for me. It keeps becoming more applicable. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was really impressed with the sermon, especially since it's been like three years since you preached. Uh, yeah, that was and that was it was good. It was good. Yeah. You, you almost went off a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was good, man. That's all good though, bro. And yeah, and the Bible, um, particularly in the Old Testament, you do see God fighting on behalf of people against evil governments all over the place. Yeah, all over the place. It's all over the place. Yeah. Um, should we read Psalm 139? So, I would love so, to. <laughs> go for it, man. I would love to. Should we make Ken read it since he's 8,000 miles away on the, on, on the, on the TV thing or whatever, we're do, whatever it is we're doing? What and are we doing? He, and he's got Logos open right in front of him, so it's just quick. All he's got to do is zap <laughs> yeah, it Yeah, there you right go. <laughs> Logos and a real Bible. Look oh. at this. Oh! Wait, 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 <laughs> Uh, a real Bible? I have <laughs> completely abandoned. Uh, I so love I that version too. Text, no. Yeah. So I had a I had a professor one time. Uh, this was at Oklahoma Baptist University. His name is Christian George, and he used to say, "I, I want you to bring a hard copy of the Bible. Uh, don't use the Bible on your phones or computers because Jesus came as a person, not a pixel." And of course, my immediate thought when he said that was, <laughs> "Well, Jesus didn't come as a pen either." <laughs> 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 I don't know. A, I had fun in that class. Touche. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm old That's because it's like I, I used to. It would be too hard. I'd be bouncing around from Psalms to wherever. I mean, and it, it, I'm just faster with the real Bible in front of me than the computer. Of course, then again, I'm not smart like you guys yeah. are. Well, now, now you know all you got to do is talk to your computer and say, hey, uh, open up Psalm 139. <laughs> Are you serious? Or, uh, or, right. or pretty soon we'll have, <laughs> we'll have bio implants that will just think, oh, I want to read that verse, and it'll come up on, in our head or something. Uh, Elon Musk is working on that. Oh, man. Can, can you imagine like having all of the word in your head? Mm-hmm. All at once, on demand. That would be fantastic. Some, some, some preachers that's, claim to have that's that. one of the non-creepy things about the the idea of these technological endeavors that people are on. Instant, instant Bible quotes, instant encouragement. Yeah. Or instant it's, reputation. Uh, <laughs> instant fact checking. <laughs> that's yeah, scary. Yes, As a preacher, I don't know if I like that. Yeah. That is, <laughs> yay. <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah. Please let's let's read Psalm one thirty nine, and then we'll we'll talk about the. Who wants to read? Heard. 
I, th- I thought Kim was going to read it. Sure. <laughs> All fine. right, come on, Cam. Okay, yeah, I got it. To the choir master, a psalm of David. O Lord, you have searched me, me and know, known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. Mm. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of of the morning Mm. and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me by night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. Mm. If I would count them, there are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O oh God. Oh, man of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with a malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And of course, you focused uh, on, on nineteen through twenty-two there. But when I read when I read that whole psalm, I hear a couple of God's attributes just really stand out to me, and those attributes are his his providence and his and his omnipresence. Um, so first we'll we'll oh, yeah. yeah. So first we'll we'll think oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you didn't you didn't know I was getting that much out of your service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean it's 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 crazy to think about. Um, but just so our our audience, those listening, know what what these doctrines are. What is the doctrine of God's providence? Um, we'll talk about that one first, and then omnipresence, and then we'll we'll really bring it down in. In the application uh, here, um, what do you think? What, what's the providence of God? Well, go ahead, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would I would simply say it's uh, God's arranging all things for you um, before the foundation of the earth. Um, he is He is cared for. Uh, provided for you and governed your steps from from before eternity's past, uh, and as we know, which may not always be understandable to us, it's good. So the the goodness of God's providing for us um, could still be very painful and with a, involving a lot of suffering um, and building up. But that's simply my my take on what God's providence is. Yeah, yeah uh, I. He stole my answer. He stole my answer too. <laughs> you stole my answer. No, that's that's yeah, that's good. That's exactly what it is. Um, the, I mean, the root of providence is provide, um, which is not something reactive. It's not something that's done after no. the fact. It's proactive. It's it's provide. Uh, God provides all things. He provides all circumstances. He provides all 
governments, and he provides all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he provides all presidents. He provides the good just as he provides the wicked. He provides suffering just as he provides deliverance from the suffering. Uh, God is the one who provides all things. Um, and that's inescapable when we read through the scriptures. Um, the part that blows my brain yeah. up the part that literally <coughs> fries me is that he did all of this before time happened. Right. He knew. Yeah. He knew. Yep. And, you know, he's up there giggling right now because it's like he <laughs> knew that the three of us crazies would be doing this uh, before time began. Yeah. So for, the thing that, that when it comes to the providence part of it, though, it's like, okay, so, so, so God knew I was going to get shot. God knew I was going to get taken down. And he knew my back was going to mm-hmm. break. And he knew all those other bad things of our, our losing loved ones. He knew all of those before the day was even thought of yeah. before and, time. And not only did he know it, but he, he's the one working it together. He authored it. For the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Yeah, figure uh, that one out. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I, don't got, I don't got that one. No, that's, that's dad, man. That's dad. That usually way. takes a lifetime to, to really understand yeah. How, yeah. how those things work for our good. Yeah. A lot of times we can see the outworking of those things in, in our lifetime, but I yeah. think a lot of them are just too perplexing for us yeah. to say, God, how how is this good for me? Well, it, it goes right to, it, um, uh, um, 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 it goes, he knew. He saw before he was born, every day of his life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out for a single day had passed. He knew all that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And yet, we we as, as fleshly beings, human beings, we look at this and it's like, just like in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, it's like mm-hmm. you got seven years of Babylon to go through before you get to the good stuff, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, everything because all of us in here have probably been beaten up by churches or churchology or whatever, <laughs> you know, or whatever you want to call it. But but we're at the same point to where we're still hungry. So yeah, that's just evidence well, of David, him. David, he's looking at. He's talking about God's providence, and there's evil facing David, you know, in the context of this psalm. He's he's praying for God to take care of the evil ones, you know. And and we look at our our lives the same way. Suffering, uh, tribulation on this earth that God has worked together Mm. for our good. When I look back at my childhood, I can see, oh, that that was developmental. I I actually needed that to become the man I am today. Um, And so I'm thankful for it. Mm Uh, I think uh, on the other side, you know, when we meet Jesus face to face, finally, I, I think we'll look back on our lives. I'm, I'm one of those. I think we'll remember everything that happened on this earth. Do you really? And I think we'll have such eyes to see that we'll be like, God, I see what you were doing, and we'll glorify Him and we'll praise Him for it because yeah. it all works out for His glory and our mm, good. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for that day. Yeah. The suffering I experience right now, I'm like, God, sometimes I just don't know how you're working this together. Yeah. <laughs> you know? no, and it takes time. Yeah. It takes yeah. time. I mean, it, I think, Kent, I, I, yeah. you know, it just takes time. We have to be able to sit back and, and lick our wounds for a while, so mm-hmm. to speak, and then, and then you know, fellowship. It's the mm-hmm. only thing that will help you heal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got the Bible, you got fellow, you got to have fellowship. You got to have other people to hold you accountable and, and like-minded on it and all of that good stuff. That's it. Uh, Ken, you were about to say something. Before you oh, were, no, I just, before I was you were so rudely censored. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just encouraged in suffering um, when when it, I, I just realize and remind myself that it's, it's God loving me. Um that, that he, I know and, and remind myself when I am going through suffering, uh, Lord, you, you say that you, you chastise those that you, you love and receive. And if, I, if I'm being spanked by God, it's because he loves me. And those are the times that, that I rejoice in, even though um, I don't want to go through any of those since, you know, times when I am actually going through them. Right. <laughs> it ain't no fun while you're doing it, man. Right. Thank you, sir. Um, man, you know, another thought I was having when when we were looking over this um, is as another character uh, of trade of God is his uh, omniscience. Oh yeah. Um, when I look at this verse four here, 
even before a word is on my tongue. Behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. <laughs> now, I, I don't know totally what was going through David's mind at this time, but when I when I think of that idea, I'm like, oh man, like <laughs> knowing that. that <laughs> The things that go through my head sometimes and the things I want to say, whether, you know, probably too often say them that then not, um, that's, that's, that's a, a stark reality for, for me to resonate with knowing that even if I don't say something, my thoughts are exposed in light, mm-hmm. um, before God and how terrifying a thought. Yeah, there you go. That's a good word. Terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. Uh, Which is even more terrifying for the preacher. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 like, no, no. People don't understand, like, when you stand behind the the divine desk <laughs> <laughs> and, mm. and dissect the divine word, like, how weighty it is to want to get things correct. Um, mm-hmm. Because this is the word of God. And God is the one speaking through his word. Yeah. And, and if we're wrong, uh, then we have misrepresented God. No, nope, don't want to even say it. Right? Don't even want to say oh, it. Oh, man. Um, mm. that, is, that is terrifying. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. Mm-hmm. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Yeah. Uh, over the, and over and over, that's got to be proclaimed. Thank, yeah. thank the Lord for His grace. <laughs> oh, oh man! man. Yeah. Um, if, if it weren't for His grace, He would have zapped me a long time ago because I, <laughs> I have been wrong from the divine desk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know? Well, you know what? I, I, yeah. it, it, considering that of uh, uh, being a point of grace, it's like uh, just like like Ken just said. He know he knows everything before we say it. Mm. So if he knows we're going to mess up, he's going to use it for our good. I'm reaching now. No, you're right. You know I mean? Yeah. I mean, he's going to use it for our good because it's like, how many times have you have you messed up behind the pulpit? I mean, come on. A lot. Yeah, really, just, just wait. You know, I can consider the, the, the early, the mid-90s, that entire time frame, you know, 93 through whatever was horrible, but. Yeah, I, I look back at some of the stuff that I <laughs> that I taught, <laughs> and I just want it to be gone. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm so grateful when I started in, my, in the ministerial line that there was no smartphones. <laughs> there's no filming. There's no footage. Can't prove it. Yeah, now you say no something. documentation of the mistake. No, right? not now, at all. Now you say something, and it is there forever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially with what is it like uh, companies like Sermon Audio. I think uh, mm-hmm. they they archive everything forever, no matter what. So even if you like delete your account and and move on with life, like they they, yeah. they keep all the sermons, which I think is great. But obviously, you know, if you're yeah. I, I making like mistakes, it. it's not so people. much <laughs> for you. But yeah, that's that's why it's important for us to be good exegetes, and then also and then also uh, exactly, good, and then also what's it called a good. Uh, Practice good homiletics. <laughs> That's the only word I know. It wasn't fitting into the <laughs> sentence the way I wanted to say the sentence. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't hear nothing after I heard him say sermonaudio.com. I never knew something like that even existed. Are you serial? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how easy would it be to steal somebody else's sermon then? Oh, people do it all the time. Come on, man. Right, Are so, you serious? Uh, there's, there's a story I heard. <laughs> no. Where and and this was before sermon audio, okay? So Charles Spurgeon had. Do you believe Charles Spurgeon? I love Charles Spurgeon. Do you believe he already had, ever had a weekend off? No, no. Well, he had one weekend off. And he no, to, he didn't. And he went to somebody else's church to listen to him preach. And so he still went to church, and the guy was preaching his sermon. That ah! he <laughs> so and and I don't remember which church this was or whatever. I'm sure we could look it up and find it if we really wanted to. But Charles Spurgeon. Uh, <laughs> After the service was over, he was walking out the doors, and the guy was at the back of the auditorium, you know, greeting people as they walked out, and he shook Spurgeon's hand, and I guess he didn't know what Spurgeon looked like, because he was like, hey, did you like my sermon? <laughs> oh. 
and Spurgeon <laughs> reprimanded him on the spot. No, he didn't. He said, next time, write your own sermon. <laughs> oh, that would no hurt. <laughs> well, you talk about humbling, that'll hurt him. <laughs> yeah. There's the Spurge himself, you know. Thousand dollar question. I, I just couldn't imagine. Thousand oh, dollar question. Maybe P.A. Duffy will know this. What kind of cigars did Charles Spurgeon smoke? Hmm? Hmm? Do you guys know that? Do you? Do you? Do you? Do you well, know I that? I got the Google right here so I could cheat. Let's see. Oh, no. I told no, I don't know. He's mad because I called him a cheater yesterday or whatever day that was. Do you know what kind of cigar? See, none of you. You owe me. Tw- everybody owes me twenty bucks. No, I've I've seen the last cigar Spurgeon smoked. I've seen. What's That's left not of it. fair. It's in Kansas City. It's in a glass <laughs> box. Uh, it's just not is. fair. He liked Ashton cigars. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Mm. He was a big time. He was one of the few people that actually get back up in the day and. Stand behind the pulpit while he's smoking a cigar. And so I was like, that's it, pretty cool. It, it was legal then. <laughs> yeah, it was legal then. Yeah. Now marijuana is legal and cigars aren't. I figured that out. I don't know. Place All right. Is going crazy. Uh, so before you, before you really jumped into the text, you made a statement that I wanted to get at. Uh, speaking of accountability yes. and uh, church need for fellowship. Yes. Uh, you said uh, the pastor needs the congregation. Uh, the pastor needs the local church congregation. Uh, why? Why does the pastor need the congregation? <laughs> Who are you going to preach to? Mesquite trees? <laughs> rabbits? Jackrabbits? The javelinas don't listen to you at all. They just walk away. <laughs> but no, you, we, yeah, we need the congregation. We need this. I mean, it, it, who knows? I mean, just who knows what kind of... We need the congregation. We need them to love them. We don't need them. I don't want their money. I don't want their. I don't want that. I just want them to fall in love with Daddy. That's my. I've always been that way, but it's gotten me fired before. So, you know, I'm just like we need the congregation. Unfortunately, there are, and this isn't only in the church. This is, this is overall, right? You have governors and and presidents and kings. You know who. They're here to roll over people, and their perception is, people need me. And it's this Messiah complex that comes oh. up, um, mm. in in ministry, oh, that's so and and in, in the state government, in families, this Messiah complex, like people need me. Um, and no, no. No, um, I'd, I'd argue that point till I ain't yeah. got no more breath. Um, as, as a pastor, I, man, I really resonated with what you said. As, as a lead pastor, I really resonated with what you said. Like, ministry is impossible without the church congregation. And it's, and it's impossible without the community. And not just because, well, who are you going to minister to? Right. Um, but because there's accountability there, too. Um, and uh-huh. there's and it's, uh, every everyone in the church is a priest before God, um, and my 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 role of servanthood is to train the saints, and to give people opportunities to serve according to their calling, um, not to not to lord over people. No, um, and that's that's the same with every single public servant, um, and that includes the president and the vice president and all of our congressmen and women. Um, and our governors and our mayors, um, everyone uh, who is a public servant, our, our police officers and our, and our firemen and our school teachers, um, servants um, to the people, uh, and, and the people are there for them too. No one is more important than another person. So thank you for saying that from the pulpit. Well, that's they, so they, good, man. That's just what I've... If you put me on a pedestal, I... You know what's going to happen? I'm going to fall. That pedestal, no, that pedestal is going to be empty. Uh, I'm not going to be pushed off of it. I'm going to jump off of it and run. Because uh, I don't, you, you, mm, no, you want to idolize me, talk to my wife. <laughs> I mean, that'll clear everything up. But it's like, no, I've seen that before. And it's so disturbing to me. I just want people to, it, you know? damaging yeah, yeah. and bruising and, mm-hmm. and painful. And it's like, the last thing I want to do is have someone 
come to admire our teachings or or whatever, however you want to say it. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we, we sitting around and they're like, they're only coming because they want to hear you. I'm out of there, man. Or, if that happens, I'm gone. Or they're or they're leaving the church without explanation. You know, <laughs> and I, it's and it's because because the pastor said why one is thing from the going? pulpit, and they didn't try to clarify anything he said. That only happens when you put somebody on a pedestal. Exactly. Uh, it, it doesn't yeah. happen if you're following Jesus. You know. that, that's very. It's just like he said. Ken started this. You started this. Ken, it's your fault. Um, it, it says, you, you go, in verse 5, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. You go before me and follow me. So that means he doesn't just have your six. Yeah. He's got your 12, too. Yeah, so we've seen. So, I mean, it, it's he's got you everywhere. Yeah. So we've seen providence mm -hmm. and omniscience, and that brings us right to omnipresence. Uh, what What is omnipresence? Mm. Does Is God... Is God present everywhere? Uh, does he take up all space and time? Well, no, because then we couldn't take up any space and time if we weren't, you know, God ourselves. So it, it's not that he takes up all space and time. What does omnipresence mean? It's just that he's, he's he, you know what? Here's a, here's a horrible explanation. It means omnipresence. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like he's, he's everywhere all the time. And that's how I just... Accessible, maybe? How, is, uh, no, no. Uh, he's on. He's just. He's complete control. Complete. I don't know. Just, man, I'm just going now. That's good coffee, brother. <laughs> yes, it is. You're missing it. He he has his own good coffee. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> he roasts his own beans. So. Oh yeah. And I you put them roast in funny your cups. own beans? <laughs> Does he really roast his own? Do you roast your own beans? <clears throat> I do. I have my own green coffee I get from different regions and cook her up every other day. Yeah, it's it's pretty tasty. I enjoy it. Okay, so this podcast is every Tuesday? Can we do it from Ken's house next week? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you Absolutely. said it. Yeah, I'll drive. All right, yeah. I'll yeah, drive. Come on by. I'll drive. Yeah. You provide the stogies, and I'm, I'll, I'll cook the coffee. Oh, oh, that's a done deal right there, then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this thing called omnipresence. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that. Omni. Yeah. Omni. All. In, in, uh, everywhere. All. Yeah. So it, Inclusive. Uh-huh. True. So, so it is everywhere, um, present throughout all of space and time somehow, uh, but it's a spiritual spiritual uh, a presence of mind and spirit i think um, and that gets back to omniscience too so the doctrines are related just not a physical presence um, but he is present everywhere before us and behind us uh, there is nowhere god isn't you know spiritually and mindfully verse six yeah verse six that's it i yeah, can't I figure think it out of, uh, i can't Colossians figure out 117 sir sorry there's a little delay <laughs> No, I, I think of Colossians one seventeen, and he says, and he is before all things, mm -hmm. and in him all things hold together. Yeah. Um, so another uh, real reality of God's uh, omnipresence is his his divine orchestration of of all things, whether you know it's it's a molecule of dust floating through the air, or you know a a, a dad and you know leading his family or the sun rising uh, up from behind the mountains. You know, he, he is sustaining that existence and that creation, and that's one of the, uh, the, the, the realities of how he is in all things uh, because he cares for, manages, and provides uh, for all things. Yeah. So here's a, here's a question. That's deep. Here's a question to really throw you guys off. You're Wonderful. Ready, you're, you're ready for this? Wonderful. Ask Ken every Tuesday. I'm like, well, here's a... Great. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> if, if God is omnipresent, yeah, there is no place he isn't. Right. How can it be uh, that hell is a separation from God? Oh, You love all the simple questions, Andrew. I do. <laughs> I do. He does. <laughs> Uh, even David wrote, that's in this psalm, right? Um, if I go down to Sheol, you are there. 
right? David wrote yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I, how does that play into our definition of hell and what hell is? Uh, my One of my first reflections on that, just thinking through it, would be some some way that God veils his his glory, um, veils his presence from the people, even though he's not there. Um, hard, hard to wrestle through for sure. Um, and even as we're, we're talking, very controversial idea too, because people would be like, what, how you are a blasphemer. What do you mean that, that God's presence is in hell? There it is right there, man. Well, the same people that say God can't be present in hell, are they're the people who claim that uh, when Christ died on the cross, he descended into hell and came back out on the third day. So, is that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, yeah, no, it's a relational separation, not a, not a physical separation, right? God is omnipresent. You can't be separated from him physically. Um, that's like saying God died on the cross. Uh, no, God did not die no. on the cross. Uh, the the body mm. of Christ died on the cross. Uh, you can't kill God. <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's just that kind right. of that kind of question. But it's yeah, it's a it's a relational separation. God is still there. Um, it's like people who don't have a relationship with God, they can still experience God. They can still have spiritual experiences. Oh yeah, um, spiritual experiences are nothing special. And uh, people will still have spiritual experiences in hell. That's not what saves a person or distinguishes a person as, as, as saved. A relationship with Christ is. And that's, that's the distinction. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's deep, man. Do you have a, do you, yeah, where, where's, your, where's your other crazy questions? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, I look at it like you say, because I do, I've heard that. God can't be prepped, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's like... Um, but the Bible says. <laughs> yeah, but here you go. It, it, such knowledge is, verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Mm. So when I look at, okay, mm-hmm. how can he be there and not here and doesn't like this, can't be around, you know what? Mm-hmm. I just know what he did. What and yeah. it's like. There you go. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's I can't understand it. The, his own word says I can't understand it. <laughs> so why should I try and fight and beat myself over the head trying to figure that out when I look at point of balance to it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Or, yeah. Or or try to know God more, but understand you're not going to know Him fully. Right. You, know? you can't. Like, yeah. Yeah. Know God mm-hmm. more. Just understand you're never going to know Him completely because He's infinite. You know, and we're not. We're finite. So, yeah. For now. Right. Well, we we'll always, get we'll, frustrated we'll with the lack of our knowledge of God. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. All right. So this uh, this prayer David is praying uh, <laughs> in reference to God's providence and omniscience and, mm. and omnipresence, um, David is asking God to be the master craftsman of his life. And when we pray, yep. when we pray a prayer like this, we're basically saying, "God, do with me what you will, and I'll, I, I will be your yes man. I'm down." Like, hey, if we're gonna be yes men, it's it's only cool to do it for God, not for, right, not for right. anyone else, right? Um, but it's like, God, be the master craftsman of my life. I recognize your hand in that, and uh, and I'm willing. Let's go. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's the the type of um, like evangelistic proclamation we need to to speak to other people when when we're we're telling them the great news of the gospel instead of um, simplifying and and making this watered down you know easy to believe message you know this is this is an acknowledgement um, Lord you are King um, I'm not going to make you King. Um, it's not up to me. No, you no. just are. You, you are king, and and I, Lord, I'm going to stop warring against you and kneel and and have your way with me, Lord. I'm no no longer going to oppose you. <laughs> That's a different message um, than than we we preach in, in many churches today. Yeah. We, we need yeah. to acknowledge that God is sovereign. God is the ruler well, and in heaven and earth, and yeah. you don't yeah. you don't create His lordship. Well, and that's by that's, your will. That's the gospel invitation. Like, 
uh, Romans, Romans 10, 9 and 10. It's uh, confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The verse doesn't say make him Lord of your life. Uh-uh. It says confess, which right. means profess with him that he is Lord. Recognize that he is already Lord of your life, already ordering your steps, already king, and, and, and kneel. Just like you said, that's a proper gospel invitation. Uh, repent, the kingdom oh, of heaven is at man, hand. Man, that's big. You know, that's mm-hmm. big, 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 big. It's and, big. And despite, you, you know, that implies much, much grace on God's part because he doesn't have to save us. Uh, he can just rule the universe and send us all to hell like we deserve. Um, Justice. Right. But that's, for some reason, people rebel against that kind of grace, even though it's really, really good news. And it's, it's just because mm-hmm. just people are blind. Um, eyes haven't been opened. I have a tangent on that if you want to hear it. You have what? I have a tangent on that. Go for it. I mean, if this, you look is, at, this if, is the if, time. If, <laughs> if, if you look at all of the societal issues that we're going through right now, if you look at everything that we, all of our, uh, through the uh, political, uh, physical, all of that stuff, people are being taught that submission is wrong. If you look back at that through, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, 93, Somalia. I mean, oh, you, uh, if you did not submit to the leadership and authority that was given over you, you would die. They would, you would more than likely get killed if you didn't listen to your first sergeant. Right. So but, but the thing about it is, it's like with the, with the last verse, 24 out of Psalm 139. I love Psalm 139, in case you can't tell. Point out anything in me that offends you. <laughs> And lead me along the path of everlasting life. What that is saying, in, in my opine, is that I'm submitting to you, Father. But what, what this world has been taught, you look at society, everybody's their own man. Do what you want. If it feels good, do it. Blah, 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 blah. But they have not come to the full understanding. And one of the things that we really need to do as evangelists ourselves is that we have to point out the fact that when you completely, 100%, undeniably submit to Father God, you have the best protection anything can ever, best protection ever, period. It's just protection. You have it when you submit to God and do it with the goodness of your heart and your desires of your heart. Submission equals protection. And that's not being taught. Right. It's not being taught. Yeah, what was that verse you just read? On their own. Sir? What verse was that you just read? Uh, the last one, 24. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me <laughs> along the path of everlasting life. Anything that offends God, man, that's a long list. So, And that's okay because we need, to be, we need to be held accountable like you talked about earlier with the fellowship. Got to. Yeah, when you... Yeah, when you, when you said that, I, I was just pulling that up while, while you're saying it to see the different translations. Um, mine, mine says in the ESV, uh, and and if, or I'm sorry, and see if there is, wow, maybe it's a little little rocky, <laughs> and see if there be any grievous way in me. Yeah, but yeah. Then, um, ESV, yeah. Yeah, the NLT, anything in me that offends you, um, uh, King James says, uh, and see if, if there be any wicked way in me. Right. Um, NASB, any hurtful way in me. Um, the uh, the Holman Christian Standard Bible, or the Christian uh, Standard Bible, uh, it takes a similar as the NLT. See if there is any offensive way in me. And my goodness, when when you you talk about our, our culture today, PA, um, if... if people were to stop um worrying about being offended <laughs> by everyone in the world uh, and and just think for a moment of the offense that they are that we are uh, before god that that would just change the mentality of the brokenness of this world but we're we're so quick to be offended by others we don't realize we are the offenders. Mm-hmm. We are the wretched ones. We are the ones that need God's grace because we have offended and transgressed Him and His law and His goodness. And that that just that just is a, a wonderful prayer, a wonderful plea 
um, that we should encourage ourselves and others to, to, to embrace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's really smart. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> you can see the Matrix, can't you? <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, I got that. He's, he's figured out how to bend the spoon, man. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Uh, but, uh, but that's right. We're the offenders. That's yeah. that's that's one of those painful things to say that's really necessary, and you like it a little bit. Mm. You know what I mean? Just a little bit, because it reminds me that yeah, I am the offender. But yeah, pe- people are always talking about. Uh, you know, heroes and villains. And the Bible is a story about mm-hmm. how the hero died for the villain. And that, that villain was me. Yeah. Like, oh, man, no, I can't do this no more. My head hurts. You know, it's um, that's the story mm-hmm. we tell. And people don't like that kind of story. They, no. They want, they want God crushing villains, not saving them. And God is all about <laughs> saving the villains, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, man. So true. I know, and and, and yeah, that sets us up for that sets us up for verses nineteen through twenty-two, which is really where you focused. Yeah, like, listen to David's prayer here. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. David knows mm. he's wicked. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, men of bloodshed, for they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who oh. hate you, O Lord? Do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with the utmost hatred. They have become my enemies. Uh, when, when is it ever acceptable? Like, we are the bad guys. When, when is it ever acceptable for the bad guys to pray this kind of prayer? I have like, a tangent on that as well. <laughs> like, I, I, I kind of have a little idea on that. Yeah. Uh, he's praying that prayer because he feels defeated. Mm-hmm. He can't do it. It's a national problem he's got right now. Mm-hmm. It's not a one-on-one thing yeah. with David and somebody else. Oh, that's right. It's a total so- societal. Mm-hmm. And he is being challenged by society, and there's really like one man against everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's praying that prayer because he just he feels defeated because yeah. it's too overwhelming to him. Well, that's my take. Yeah, and but, we and we. I hope we pray prayers like this. This is an example of prayer we have in the Psalms. Like, God, slay the wicked. God, continue to conquer the world. God, do this. And if we're asking God to do it, we need to come to the realization that it's it's not us overcoming the ways of the world. Right. Uh, we send men to battle to defend freedom. Um, you, you were one of those men, right? We have men at the border defending freedom. Ken Hot is, dog! Ken Sorry. Is, Ken is one of those men. Um, we... we we do that, but we understand that it's our, our, our military men, if not blessed by God, will fail. Oh, um, God is in oh, God is in God is in war. God is in bringing justice, and God God is the one doing that. Which means it's I make the same realization David makes because after verse twenty two he transitions and says, "Search me, O God, and know my heart." Yeah. If if I'm yeah. right in this, do this. If my heart is right, please do this. If it's your plan, do this. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me. Know my anxious thoughts. God, please uh, take mm. take my worries and my concerns into consideration. And if there be any hurtful way in me, lead me in the everlasting way. Like, God, if I'm wrong about this, change me. But if, yeah. I'm, if I'm not yeah, wrong about this, really, have your way, you know? Yeah. This really gets at um, the, the truth of the war, um, the battle that is at hand. Um, when we even think about what it is to hate or what it is to fight. Um, you know, when, when we look and, you know, people would be confused at the face of it, but Jesus like corrected this. It's like, he said, love your enemies. Like, no, this is, this is getting, this is getting at the depth of the truth of the reality of, of, of what we are doing in this, this time. When we go to war and when God is conquering, it's the truth going out and being proclaimed. It is, it is people um, being, being risen from the dead to life and, and now walking in 
the newness of the truth that they have now received. And, and that spread, that conquering is, is what we, we go out to fight and battle. Mm -hmm. And, and, and like, um, the, 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 the same, the same idea. I mean, there's a real tangible fight that we have no doubt when we're talking about military borders, stuff like that, there's, there's a tangible aspect of that, but the, the overarching truth of what's happening here when, when God is, is winning, he is conquering um, by proclaiming truth, by, by bringing people to life from death. And that gospel, that, that mm -hmm. the awakeness of, of the new life that people are receiving is what is going across um, the, the globe right now. And, and that's where I, when I, when I see this, this hatred um, that you can have in your heart, it is, it, is, it is the same hatred that God has against evil. Um, ah. against things that oppose him um, and and you can you can hate and, and I mean like a, a genuine deep heart-wrenching hate of the things that oppose God um, you could even hate the 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 at simple concept of what people are when they oppose mm -hmm. God because right, of what they right. are what we were when we opposed God yeah. um, and then that's the reality of that though is we pray for for those people. We love them by serving them, hoping that that what disgusting reality we are before God rescues us um, is transformed. Uh, we hate what they are, and pray and hope and serve them in a way that would bring them to the truth, so that they could come out from it, of yeah. uh, uh, from the, the darkness. Yeah. yeah so that I I I could. I could start to resonate a little bit. I mean, this is this mm -hmm. is stuff that's hard to, to work through because that's why I said before: be be slow and careful when you think hatred. Because um, mm -hmm. I would say most of the time, if we hate, it's it's an uh, it's an unlawful hatred. It's yeah. a, it's a sinful hatred in our heart um, that we need to be careful of. Yeah. Uh, if we are created in the image <clears throat> of a pure and holy God. Mm -hmm. Everything about us represents something about who mm. God is. Mm -hmm. Every emotion that we experience, um, our ability to reason, to cognate, to learn, to absorb, to reach out, to touch things, to move things, right? Everything about us represents something about God and who God is and the work God is doing. If God has, by his divine design, given us the ability to hate, that reveals something about who he is. Uh, he hates injustice. He hates uh, inequality. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he created people equal. Yep. Uh, he, he hates racism and he hates mm. sexism um, and, and he mm. hates the systems that encourage those things. He hates that with a passion. Mm -hmm. When we hate, our hatred is imperfect because we are fallen creatures. Right. We hate things that we don't like. Yeah, and it represents something about God, but because we are fallen and sinful people, it doesn't do it in a, in a, in a, in a perfect way. That's, that's why the scriptures teach us, be angry, but do not sin. Um, there are things mm -hmm. in the world that we should flat out hate. Yup. Um, but we sin sometimes in the way we address those things. Even if our hatred is rightly placed, we sometimes we sin when we address those things. Um, there is a... There is a righteous way to address the damnable things of the world, and there is, and there is an unrighteous way to address the damnable things of the world, uh, and that's that's right. the right. I mean, because as people, we uh, it's hard to figure it out, figure that out. That takes a lot of discernment, and I don't always have perfect discernment. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, here here's a good example of that: um, abortion, just absolutely yeah, yeah, disgusting. Yeah. Grievous sin that is so prominent in this this country, and, and now and now we're looking at trying to legalize the murder of the unborn. Um, oh yeah. This when, when I think of, of this type of, of action, um, this type of hatred, uh, when I go and and protest at these abortion mills, I'll, I'll go. You know, whether it's it's holding the sign, handing out literature, um, it is not me looking with these judgmental and hateful eyes of these people. Um, I see their depravity and the wickedness and, and their desire to, to, to display God's image. But I am there pleading with them 
Like, like what you are doing is murder. Come out from the truth. Let me love you by giving you truth. Let me help you. I'll provide whatever I can. That that's the type of action that confronts what evil is. And 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 I hate, I loathe what is happening in there. But I, I'm not there with a, a shaky kind of condemning finger. I'm like, come, please let me let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you why what you're doing is evil yeah, and and God hates it. Yeah, uh, and that's oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. It, it, no, go ahead, man. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get that. I concur with that a thousand bajillion percent. But it, do people understand what real love is even? Do they? No. I mean, love is discipline. Love is all of the above. Yeah. Well, and, Ken, I'm referring to the, mm. the thing you shared on Facebook from uh, whitehouse.gov um, about, the, about, about the abortions, like... Uh, they put it in such nice language. Sure. Um, we are expanding yeah. health services uh, in Healthcare. order to increase <laughs> access to this service so that we can increase, make progress, so that we can increase uh, the health of our society and the wealth of families who are impoverished. Uh, that's essentially the way it was worded. Wow. Um, yeah, so, so the way you increase wealth uh, the wealth status of a nation is by killing poor people. Uh, and the way you increase the, the healthiness of a nation is, is by killing the unhealthy. Um, the, the way you, for instance, get rid of Down syndrome is by murdering all the babies who might be born with Down syndrome. That's how you get rid of it. That's how you cure it. Um, this is, this undoubtedly, this is pure evil. Um, that's yep. that's what we're facing. There is a there is a right way to address it and a wrong way to address it. The wrong way to address it would be to return hate for hate, and the right way to address right. it is to try to reason with people, um, build build logical arguments. We we as Christians we should be the most intelligent people in the world, able to build arguments and reason with people and forward our case. Unfortunately, <laughs> there are so many people who profess to be Christians who just yell at people uh, in a dogmatic way instead of mm -hmm. reasoning and are really, really hateful. Um, that's why it's so important to remember that our God is a reasonable God. He doesn't do anything with haste and, and he has patient endurance, which uh, in our time, Christians are going to need to, to model the patient endurance of God more and more as we try to reason with people. Oh, and it's getting harder and harder. Uh, concerning the gospel and the application of the gospel, especially when it comes to those political things. And you you almost went off politically on Sunday. I was a little afraid I was going to have to stand up and say, excuse me, sir, can you please stop now? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, Wouldn't no. be the first time. <laughs> good good up. <laughs> no, but uh, no, that's why we do a podcast like this because yeah. it's important for us to address those things. It's just the pulpit's probably not the best place for it. Yeah. You know? um, but it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be important for Christians to do that. And not in a way that is, I'm better than you, but in a way that um, pro proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ and applies the gospel. So the gospel is the thing always on our lips. Hey, Christ died to forgive you for these things. Christ is renewing the world. He is saving the world. Um, everything that you're trying to accomplish through all of these human programs that aren't working you, you know you're 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 oh. raising you're raising the health standard by murdering children which is it's not the best health practice right yeah. first of all so it's, oh, there's a contradiction it's, there. it's, it's incoherent um why don't we trust in jesus who promises to do this work anyway why don't right. we just why don't we submit to him and, and his authority and submit to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know you say you're a Christian, but you're doing all these things that, that are exactly opposed to God. Let's think about this together. Um, and, and let's really make a difference in society rather than just, okay, sign executive orders to get things done. And silence, what in the and, world is that, man? And silence everybody who disagrees. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what we need to be doing. We need to be reasoning um, from, from a gospel-centered um, point of view. That's what we need to be doing. Well, what you're what you're t talking about is like, I think why, and I've, I've said this before. I think one of the real reasons where where we are in this country is because of Christians mm -hmm. and their their lack of 
proclamation of truth um, and, and how we've not only watered down the gospel from, you know, from the beginning, but like all of the, the reality of who God is and, and the truth that he reveals. We, th- we talk about abortion uh, today and it's all these pro-life groups that won't call abortion murder. And, and like, it, it's dumbfounding to me, like, like, like we are where we are today because, you know, since, since Roe v. Wade, you know, we've, I think I think there was an, an initial you know response a rightful response by a lot of Christians, but like over over the years since then we have just um, just abandoned truth yeah. when fighting this battle, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we can't we cannot win this without speaking truth about what's what's being done. Um, moms, yeah, they 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 are committing an atrocious act. They are not. They're not victims. Murderers are not victims. Um, there is forgiveness for them, and if you know these people that have committed these atrocities, um, but you do, you do not excuse the the offense by by calling them victims if oh. if they are in fact before God murderers. Uh, and that that's the the tr- this plainly language that we need to use that we haven't, and and you could see it across the board with all these organizations. A lot of them that you'd think are, are great pro-life organizations when when you really press them on on what they're not saying they'll yeah. confess you know, no we we don't think there should be any uh, penal codes that that punish um abortion you know and no we don't want to call abortion murder because it's too offensive or whatever reason um they have but but yeah. that and just the realm of abortion that's not even dealing with all the other topics is mm. why I, I think we're in such a mess today yeah speaking of uh you know, legislation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, we're almost out of time, so this will probably be the last thing I mention here. I just want to recommend another podcast to those who, who listen here, uh, Albert Moeller's um, briefing. Um, so be sure to subscribe to Albert Moeller's yep. briefing. He, he addresses a lot of the, the headlines, the news, things that are going on in politics from a Christian worldview. Um, not just a Christian worldview, but a Reformed uh, conservative uh, worldview that, that is Christian. So uh, he does that. He does well. Um, I also think I am going to uh, to start a new blog called Legislation Nation, um, where I think about the uh, and it's not going to be politically based. Uh, a lot of the conversation is going to be around politics, um, and part of the reason for that is because people are really confused about my political leanings, which I guess is good because I, I I've just been preaching the Bible, so <laughs> people don't know what I think politically. I guess I've succeeded at just expository preaching, so that's good. Um, <laughs> so part part of the reason I'm doing this because there's some confusion about what I think politically, and people want to know. Um, the other reason is because I I am very concerned about, um, and it's not going to be geared toward politics. Politics will be a large part of the content, but it's going to be geared toward morality, the, the moral status in, in of people <clears throat> in the United States. So it's going to be a, a moral leaning, um, which is, I think Ooh, that's be cool. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just thinking yeah, about that great. from a gospel centered perspective, uh, with reason, uh, not slandering anyone, not calling anyone names or dumb or getting mad at anyone or condemning anyone, just really r- rationally, logically considering the morality of certain movements within the United States. Cause it's something that is, it concerns me more and more. Um, so that'll be cool. So uh, yeah, if you're listening, um, just legislationnation.blog and go subscribe to that blog. And uh, and Ken, uh, if you'd like to uh, be a contributor, that'd be awesome. Um, I you have a lot cool. of stuff to say, and yeah. and uh, and I want you to be able to say it. So uh, you won't get censored on that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. I hope that I hope that doesn't keep going. Censor <laughs> yeah. uh, garbage. <laughs> the the way we fight is not by getting you know um, stupid mad. You know, be uh, be angry, but do not sin. So mm-hmm. Not by being rash. Not mm-hmm. by being reactive. But uh, through patient endurance, speaking the gospel. And as you pointed out in your mm-hmm. sermon, there are a large number of churchgoers who have never shared the gospel. Sixty-three percent, yeah, nearly. If we That's sh- scary. Yeah, if we shared the gospel, if we called people to repentance, uh, then we would see Second Chronicles seven fourteen happen. And God would heal the land. Uh, God doesn't just mm, heal the land if you ask Him yeah. to heal the land. 
He heals the land when we come to repentance. That is the key, and people don't realize it. People are going the opposite direction. Look, if we want to see the land healed, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, and we will see the land healed. Uh, I'm confident enough to guarantee that. Well, it's it's right here. It's right here. All right. Y'all have anything else? We have like negative 30 seconds. I think that's an implied no. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I answered for you. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. This has been the Blacktop Pulpit by The Church at Sunsides. Please head over to thechurchatsunsites.com. Check out all of the sermons we have available, the Bible study material we have available. Uh, They're right on the website. And consider donating so we can consider doing the work, or continue. Uh, We're already doing it. We've already considered it. It's already happening. So we can continue doing the work of the gospel here in the Sulphur Springs Valley and, and around the world. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Sweet.